thoughts and prayers are with Bill's defensive back, Damar Hamlin, after a Monday night football incident. That goes for Wayne, TC, David Walker, our guest. We're all praying for the NFL community, the Bills team, and especially Damar Hamlin and his family. Welcome to another ATL Prime Sports. I'm JJ Jurjevich. Joining me this evening is the one, the only Wayne Ridenauer in Memphis, Tennessee, and of course, Todd Quarter on the other side of Atlanta. You can find us all at ATL Prime Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and of course, Apple and Spotify. Please like, please subscribe. Personal Twitters at JJ Get You One for myself, at RWY Junior for Wayne, and at Quarter Todd for TC Todd Quarter. How's everyone doing tonight? Wayne, I'll start off with you, man. Well, I'm getting ready for basketball. Uh, it has been a while. Uh, Memphis last game down in Tulane did not end the way that uh, anyone would have expected to. Tulane has quite a team, both in football and basketball now, so that's uh, pretty cool for them. Uh, but we play East Carolina this Saturday, and uh, I will be there. TC, how you doing this evening, man? Doing great. I just want to say my thoughts and prayers to Demar Hamlin and all in his uh, family and the Buffalo Bills and organization along with his teammates and friends and et cetera. It's, it's something that um, I've never seen on the field or witnessed. And I'm 58 years old and, uh, you know, it takes me back to 1971. There was an incident in the Detroit Lions game at Old Tiger Stadium when the Lions were uh, playing the Chicago Bears and a wide receiver um, for the Detroit Lions uh, back in the day. Uh, collapsed right next to uh, Dick Butkus, and uh, he was not revived. He was announced uh, that he, he passed away at, at, at the hospital there in Detroit. There was 62 seconds remaining in the game, and they finished the game. That tells you how things have changed differently uh, today than they are back in the day. And uh, Second of all, I want to... Uh, uh, congratulate TCU and Georgia for getting to the national championship game. Quite an accomplishment. Uh, the two Big Ten schools, Ohio State and Michigan, gave them all they could. And despite that, they were able to uh, win it and play in this game on Monday night. It'll be a dandy one, I think, for a little while, for a quarter. We'll see how long TCU stays in it. I'm going to compare this one to Alabama and Notre Dame years ago in the BCS, where I think Georgia will. I'm going to give it away. I think they're going to run away with it. We will see. I'm doing great. Been ill for the last couple of weeks, finally feeling healthy. And, man, what an exciting college football bowl season it was. And, again, I'll say it, my thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin the Bills, and the NFL Players Association, the NFL community all the way down. What's on tap for today's show? We do have David Walker, author and contributor for The Rebel Walk. You can find The Rebel Walk at The Rebel Walk on Twitter, and you can find David Walker on Twitter at David Walker QB. He'll join us. We'll talk some college football, some NFL, little this, little that with them. Uh, we're going to talk NFL playoff scenarios. We will break down the college football playoff national championship, and of course, our pick six, we're going to sprinkle in a little college basketball in the pick six for you today because you do have picks in basketball as well, the pick and roll. So we're still going to call it the pick six with some basketball. And without further ado, we welcome our guest from the Rebel Walk, David Walker, the quarterback himself. David, welcome to ATL Prime Sports. Happy New Year to you, and thanks for coming on. Hey, happy New Year to you guys, too. Glad to be here. Appreciate it very much. Um, you know, I was thinking about uh, DeMar Hamlin, and, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that happens sometimes. It's a very rare thing. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, little leaguers get hit in the chest, uh, pitchers with, uh, you know, line drives back, and, and uh, you know, it's a very rare thing. I think if you catch the heart in between beats at just a particular time where it's susceptible, uh, then the electric... Uh, uh, shot goes into effect and it, it, it stops the heart where it's not getting the electrical uh, circuits that it needs to, to keep beating. And uh, apparently this is what happened to Hamlin. And, of course, all our thoughts and prayers are, are with him and his family. Uh, there has been some improvement from what I've seen uh, over the last couple of nights. So uh, that is the good news. Uh, my personal um, 
uh, thoughts would be uh, somehow, some way for um, Buffalo and Cincinnati to end up in the AFC Championship game and for DeMar to be there on the sideline with them and and uh, taking in the game with everyone uh, in the world. And uh, I don't know if the uh, uh, the seedings and the breakdowns are going to allow for that, but I certainly would think that would be a great and fitting uh a completion to this uh, horrible, horrible thing that's happened uh, around the football world. It's just uh, it, it brought everything to a stop, and as it should have. And it's, uh, uh, of course, we're 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 with him all the way. I, as a football coach in high school in Houston, had three players uh, over the course of my time there go down from heat exhaustion and heat stroke, and I can't tell you how scary. Uh, and, and traumatic it is to have one of your kids laying there on the ground, motionless, um, pale, cold, and, uh, you know, completely unconscious. All three went to the hospital. All three, of course, made it. Uh, but it is, a, it is a situation nobody wants to be in. Uh, one of these, and, and the situation outside wasn't even, uh, you know, considered to be dangerous and it's just one of those things that can occur and uh, we see it happen every year in high school and college sports and some kids uh you know they go down i mean we lose them and so uh, uh you know when they took prayer away uh, in some states from high schools i disagreed with it because you're going into a football game you're going into a contest where Bad things can happen. Broken necks happen. Uh, paralysis happens. Uh, death happens. And I think prayer is a very important part of the process. And uh, I think it gives some kids, if not a lot of kids, uh, the confidence to, to continue playing. You know, we always heard that if you're going full speed, you don't get hurt. And, of course, that's not the case. But... Uh, uh, as Todd and JJ, everybody has said. I mean, we just uh, we just hope the best for Demar and that he pulls out of it. And thank God that we had people there who knew what they were doing, as I did when my three kids went down um, to get him uh, to to a safer place and get him uh, where he could get the excellent health care that he needed at that time. David, well said. Number one, number two. I've experienced it when my son. Um, passed out playing uh, football his um, eighth grade season. He'd come off the field, and their team was getting quite hammered that day, uh, pretty lopsided score, and he'd come off the field putting two hands on top of his head, each hand on each side of the helmet. And I thought to myself, he's either frustrated that he's being taken out or he has an injury. And sure enough, I told my wife at the time, I'll be right back, and I went down there, and the first word I heard was concussion, and my heart dropped right from my chest to my feet. And David, I, I, I motioned for her to come down. He stayed awake for the longest time. Eventually, he passed out, and I tell you what, my wife in the ambulance with him, as as mom should, and someone had driven me to the hospital. And I tell you what, I, you know, good thing for cell phones because she told me that, you know, he woke back up and everything was going to be okay. They were going through all the tests. By the time I got there, I was quite relieved. And and in terms of uh, DeMar uh, Hamlin uh, going down, uh, you mentioned it. Prayer to me is huge. You saw the players on the field uh, with prayer. Uh, you saw the play-by-play uh, and the color uh, announcer for ESPN on uh, Monday Night Football, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, do a tremendous job. Uh, I thought their tone and their professionalism was fantastic. And uh, it's just something that prayer needs to come back in schools today. Uh, I know it's something political, and I really don't care. It needs to come back because um, – uh, you know, it needs to come back. There's just no other way about it. I mean, us as a society, we need prayer. And we all pray that uh, DeMar and, and his family and the Buffalo Bills and his teammates and, and everything goes well. And gosh, um, you know, it's really hard to talk about. But um, 
uh, I, I will say this, you know, as of right now, the National Football League is, is going to play all the games uh, this weekend. And as of right now, they plan on having the Buffalo-Cincinnati game made up. And, David, you're right, your last point. Boy, I would love to see a Buffalo-Cincinnati AFC championship game. It would be appropriate. And thank you for allowing me to say this, guys, on the platform. I'm sorry if I went a little long. <clears throat> All right. Well, you know what? Uh, this uh, situation is both emotional and I think it's a, a pivotal point for the NFL to make some changes. Uh, I don't think those changes need to be come in the way of how the game is called or the implementation of new on-the-field rules. But uh, like, just like NASCAR did when they went through their, you know, sea change of how they uh, built the cars, had the drivers in the car and the tracks, I think there needs to be some equipment changes that happen that are mandated, mandated across the board and is the same for everybody. And there needs to be a lot of research done in that direction because I think that is the best way to, uh, you know, prevent or at least uh, circumvent some of these things happening in the future. Yeah, my, my comment on this is hats off to the NFL. They did a wonderful job at uh, contacting the Players Association. And hats off to the NFL again for having the medical personnel on the field, the AEDs, the CPR certified technicians, the doctors, eye doctors, dentists. They got a total, I think it was 20-something, 20 25-plus doctors, health uh, physicians on the field. Hats off the NFL. They did it right. They postponed the game. If you saw my Twitter feed, I was all over it all night saying, postpone this game. Football does not matter. Uh, we all feel the same on that. Let's get a little uh, a little on the lighthearted side and 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 transition away from this emotional subject as we've all seen. David, one question real quick. Um, sure, go, go ahead, I, and I'll get the next one. All right, thank you. Um, David, uh, I just I want to ask you a question. You and I talked about this privately on the phone the other day. Um, you know, they have heart guards in baseball, and you mentioned other sports having this injury way more than football, which is really a surprise to me and, and J.J. and Dwayne. Um, David, do you see them coming up with some extra protection for the heart? I know that padding is top-notch today, especially compared to back in the day when, when you played do you think someone's going to come up with something now to protect the heart even more in that chest area? Oh yeah, there'll be there'll be some kind of design that comes out, and I think is probably uh, being being processed right now. Uh, when I was playing it back in the back in the mid seventies, uh, I had a rib fracture uh, in the lower part of my back, about the mid part of my back, and uh, you know it's just a hairline fracture, and I was still able to play with it. But uh, all we could do is put a knee pad back there and then wrap some wrap around my uh, mid torso and 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 you know just hope that I didn't get hit there again. And it wasn't. It was very soon after that the flak jacket was made for Dan Pastorini. And I mean, I mean, within the next year. And I'm thinking, boy, if I had just had a, a flak jacket on. Yeah, which now all quarterbacks and a lot of players wear, uh, running backs, they all wear them uh, because, you know, they protect the rib cage. And uh, I think that's uh, a lot of players have gotten away from pads. I mean, you don't see knee pads much anymore, you know. Uh, you don't see hip pads. Uh, and and I think uh, from here on out, the NFL is going to require, as I think many colleges and high schools will, uh, to get something to protect that heart, because this is some this is an eye opener. I mean, this is this is this is what you see that gets changes made, uh, as it did for Dan Pastorini when he fractured a rib. That's when the flag jacket came, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be doing something here, and they and they need to. I mean, it's a very rare occurrence, but if it's going to happen once, it could be your kid. You know, it could be anybody well out said. there. Uh, he's he's the everyman. You know, and. Uh, uh, Hamlin is so. Yeah, I think there's going to be some kind of scientific work done on this real quick, and uh, and get that issue taken care of, and it will be mandatory for everyone. And I also think what uh, another good thing that will come of this is the NFL after this situation will probably have a backup plan if this happens again. 
So then they'll they'll have more of a by the book rules if this ever happens again. And uh, again, hats off to the NFL; they handle it with uh, precision, absolute precision from top to bottom. Talking to the players, uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Hats off to you guys, Scott Van Pelt, Coley Hamill, uh, Hamlin. Uh, the unbelievable uh, reporting by ESPN and Monday Night Football was just uh, Emmy award worthy. And uh, I really hope they get one. Let's 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 do get off the subject. I do want to mention to the quarterback, we got a big one Monday night. The dogs go for their back-to-back title opportunity. David, what do you see in this game that could keep TCU in it? And vice versa for Georgia, what do they do to cover the spread for all those people in Vegas? <laughs> That's an interesting point because, um, you know, really the championship game was probably played uh, between Georgia and Ohio State, because when you look at the the Vegas odds, anyway, they had both of those teams uh, to be favored in a championship game against TCU or Michigan. Uh, even Ohio State was going to be a three point favorite over Michigan. So, in effect, that was our de facto championship game between Ohio State and Georgia. And uh, you know, with, with well, Ohio State jumping out to a twenty one seven lead. And Stroud just looking unstoppable. Uh, it did not look good for Georgia. I mean, you know, you got to – and then, what was it, another 35-24 lead by Ohio State. I mean, there was just pressure, pressure, pressure on this Georgia football team uh, that many Georgia fans, and, J.J., I'm sure you're one of them, didn't know if they were going to be able to come out of it. And uh, then, of course, you know, as has been the case with Stetson Bennett throughout his career – when it was time to win, he won. I mean, that was just a beautiful drive uh, that he put together uh, at the end there to win the football game. Just uh, unbelievably crazy how how um, the defense came together and, uh, and and got the job done when they needed to, and then the offense went down the field. And most people wouldn't know this, but, but uh, you know, you're looking at a quarterback for Georgia who has more passing yards than Max Duggan does at TCU, and I would think that would be the opposite because TCU wins football games by going deep, running the go route about every third play, and and they hit them, and that's what they did with Michigan, and then they had the great running game, and then Michigan didn't quite know what to do with it because TCU wasn't supposed to be this good, and uh, just hats off to Sonny Dykes. He's done such a wonderful job. Uh, I'm sure A&M and Texas are, are, are screaming in the background about TCU being the team that's going to the national championship game and them with all their money and all their tradition and all this and all that are sitting at home and didn't even have a have a shot at uh, anything like this. Sonny Dykes in his first year uh, and, and doing it without Zach Evans, who's at Ole Miss. I mean, it's just an incredible story. Uh, with the backup quarterback who wasn't even starting the first couple of weeks of the season, who ends up uh, in the Heisman Room in New York City. So I think if uh, uh, TCU comes out strong like they will, TCU is not intimidated by anybody. You know, you get you get to thinking that, you know, both favorites are going to win in the semifinals. It's, they're going to be low-scoring games because Georgia's got such a great defense and Michigan's got such a great defense, and it's just the opposite, you know. I mean, it's 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 lights out scoring. So uh, we're going to see. It's going to be an outstanding game. I think it'll be a high scoring game, and uh, you know, I just can't count TCU out. As I said last time we talked, I couldn't count them out against Michigan. I can't count them out against Georgia. I'll tell you, a turning, a turning point in that game to me that are not not a lot of people are talking about. Of course, the timeout from Kirby Smart. But on the other hand, it was on the uh, la- one of the last drives, I think the second to last drive for Ohio State, Jalen Carter batted a pass that would have been pass interference on Javon Bullard. But because Jalen Carter batted the pass, it was vol- nullified because of the contact and the tip. That was a huge play. Ohio State punts, Georgia goes back the next thing. Is a 75-yard touchdown pass to Arian Smith, and well, that started the snowball effect of the MO. So I think that was a very key part of that game, and uh, 
Well, well I'm going to no switch doubt. over to the NFL for you, David, unless anybody has any final questions for David on the. I do, David. The turning point of the game was was obvious to me. It was when Marvis, Marvin Harrison took that hit back in the end zone. Without that, I don't think Georgia comes back and wins the game at all. It changed Georgia's scheme defensively dramatically they didn't have to key on Harrison anymore they could you know they could cover the other receivers Marvin was a maker uh, Ringo couldn't cover him nobody could cover him they tried to double cover him they still couldn't cover him and you know whether this was targeting or not it's been much debated I, I definitely think it was targeting um, you know the hit was with the shoulder after all it did get the upper part of the shoulder and the neck and Article 4 of the targeting rules in college football says it doesn't matter what you lead with. If someone is hit above the shoulder, in the neck area, in the head, it is targeting. And how is it not targeting if he got a concussion? Uh, to me, that changed the entire game. Now, give Georgia credit, David. They came back. They took advantage of the situation. Um, uh, you know, the quarterback was just simply brilliant in the fourth quarter. I thought it was his best quarter of his college football career, which is saying something for Stetson Bennett, who's had a remarkable career. Everyone knows the story. Uh, David, your thoughts uh, on what I just stated? No, I agree. It was definitely uh, a huge factor in the, um, in the, in the, in the final score, um, because you don't know where the game goes. Um, you know, otherwise, and, um, I've looked at the video. I mean, I, I, you know, these things are getting, uh, I don't know, uh, harder and harder. It seems to pin down for different, um, uh, officials, you know, it just seems like you see one that is identical to another, but you're still, you're getting different calls. You're getting different, different, uh, results. And I don't know what to do about that situation, you know. I do uh, targeting for me, uh, as it as I understand it, it's got to be a defenseless player um, with the crown of the helmet, uh, you know, hitting hitting a head or or neck area, and uh, you know, it, it seems like it's 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 so many times uh, not being called correctly, or 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 you know, it, it's just tough. Even with instant replay and even with slow motion and even with all this technology that we have, it's still a very difficult, at times, uh, you know, play to call. Uh, I do I do like the fact that they're expediting some of these replays where we're not having to call timeout and go look into a screen on the sidelines where they're just telling them from, from, from upstairs what happened, you got this wrong, change it. I think that needs to go more into football and have less delays. Uh, but Todd, you're exactly right. Who knows the outcome of that game if that play doesn't occur? What if it doesn't even occur and Harrison plays the rest of the game? We don't know, you know, but as you said, and a very good point, uh, playing the game as it was called, Georgia earned that win somehow, some way. And, uh, uh, as I said, if it were the championship game, it would have been one of, one of the all timers because it was, it was some kind of football game. Speaking, speaking of that, David, I actually felt that Georgia was penalized because I think Ohio State should have been the three seed. I think TCU should have been penalized for losing to a right. three-loss Kansas State team. I thought it should have been Georgia versus Texas Christian and Michigan versus Ohio State. So that that's something for another day. But I agree with you. I, I think targeting needs to be, instead of five articles, let's get it down to maybe two or three so that way everybody can get on the same page because I do think with five articles, it becomes an opinion of the referee. Yeah. And I do think the exactly. referee was in a hard decision there because if that penalty is called targeting, Bullard's out for what, say, uh, the first half of the national championship game. And that, that is a big deal, and it goes in the minds of these refs. It has to. That's my opinion. I don't know that for a fact. But it would have to go into a mind of a referee. So uh, with that, I'll transition to the NFL. We're running out of time, David. Give me a uh, uh, an AFC championship and an NFC championship. Basically, your two favorites from each league in the NFL. Well, I tell you what, I got to go with, uh, you know, Buffalo and Cincinnati, and I'm going to stick with them all the way. 
since we've already discussed that. Uh, over in the NFC, you know, I mean, there's still so much to be uh, decided over there. Uh, can't really, can't. I mean, Minnesota would look look hot, hot, hot for a while, and now they've cooled off significantly. So uh, I'm going to have to hold off on the NFC a little bit. I mean, you know, you have you you, you have you have the Green Bay Packers coming out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, they were they were, (laughs) I mean, next to the bottom in terms of having a chance to get in. And now we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. Uh, But getting back to Buffalo and Cincinnati real quick, if they do not play the game at all, uh, if they do not finish that game at all, which I see that as probably. Uh, foreseeable future there. Uh, thankfully, we we have ties in the NFL. You know, you can go to overtime and still end up in a tie game. So if they just call this a tie or no play, then that's just how it works out. You know, and uh, you know they they work the uh, the seedings from there. So I don't think it's going to be played. I think uh, I'm pulling for those two teams to be in the finals. Uh, Cincinnati is certainly on a roll. Buffalo has got all the talent in the world, and uh, we'll see what happens over there in the NFC. David, can yes, I say? Go ahead. Know, thank you. I, I appreciate that, JJ. Um, I see it being played. I, there is a there is two weeks in between the champion conference championship games and the Super Bowl. They'll have that extra week. They can push back the playoffs. It's really hard to push back the Super Bowl. Uh, the only time, to my recollection, they ever pushed back the Super Bowl was because of 9-11. I believe they did push it back or they used that extra week. I can't recall which one it was, but they'll use the extra week, David. I believe they'll get the game in just because of the seating significance, importance of it. Uh, not at all to uh, take away what happened on the field on Monday Night Football, which is something that every time I, I think about it, I just want to choke up um uh it it, i i just think it's going to get it in because of that extra week now if they didn't have the extra week uh, i would totally agree with you um you know i can't think of unless something happened to demar and it and and, you know then then we're we're talking about a completely uh a different story and, and please god do not let that happen yeah, please, uh, prayer still with DeMar Hamlin as he's uh, still uh, looks like he's in a little better condition, but still critical. And um, yeah. the ramifications of that game are huge, Todd. It, it, it could decide the number one seed in the AFC. So absolutely huge. Uh, David, want to say thanks for coming on. Uh, any final thoughts from you, David, on uh, anything we've talked about? Well, I just want to say what a great bowl season it was and how much I enjoyed it personally. I mean, there were just some some outstanding games, outstanding comebacks. You know, you look at Mississippi State and Tulane. Yes. Uh, they led their games for 13 seconds combined and, and won those games. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, the comeback that Tulane had against, uh, against Southern California and the Heisman Trophy winner uh, was just unbelievable. And uh, just uh, it's just such great football, college football played this last week, and uh, uh, you know it just I'm going through withdrawals right now because it's so long before the next game, and then it's done, and then I don't know what I'm going to do after that. But uh, uh, we'll have the playoffs to to go into, I guess. But uh, thank you guys for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. A lot of fun. Hey, David, before you go, could you imagine if we had 12 team playoff? More importantly. 16 team playoff we could this definitely would happen like this in a playoff and, and and some of the group in five schools could certainly be included it would be much better for college football well i think the ncaa has just uh, dogged it for so many decades and in in terms of what the right thing to do is that uh, finally we're getting some uh, modern thinking going and uh, 12 to 16 teams i think would be wonderful Players are getting paid big-time money right now, so you're not worried about the length of the schedule as, as much as you used to be. And uh, you just never know who would win that kind of thing. It may come down to the top two teams every year, but maybe not. You know, you could have somebody sneak in. Uh, you know, they're talking about going to 90 teams now uh, in the uh, in basketball. That's and, true. And, uh, you know, that, that's not a bad thing. I mean – Golly, I love the bowl games, and I love uh, the March Madness, and and the more the merrier. So, 
Let's get it. <laughs> David, thanks for coming on. We always appreciate it. You can find David on Twitter at David Walker QB. You can find him also at the Rebel Walk and his work there. David, thanks for thanks so much. Again, happy new year to you and all the Rebel Walk family. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, guys. You have a great day. You as well. Again, David Walker of the Rebel Walk. Let's quickly get into uh, uh, the the national playoff, uh, national championship, college football playoff game right quick. Both Georgia and TCU advance with thrilling victories. Uh, let's talk about the news and notes of this UGA-Tennessee game. For me, uh, it's got to be Georgia in the red zone. Uh, they've been in the red zone more than any other team in the country, and I think they'll continue to do that. That 3-3-5 uh, should be... Um, Pretty, pretty reliable to run against for Georgia with their stable of backs. I think that's the number one key in this game. And it does look like Darnell Washington could play in this game. And he's a matchup, may, um, uh, again, a matchup nightmare in the red zone. Early in that game, he was catching some first down passes against Ohio State before he went out. I thought that was a key loss for Georgia, too. And uh, that's going to be one of my first keys to that game is Georgia getting in the red zone and staying there consistently but they got to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, that's my number one key. TC, I'll throw it to you, man. Uh, first key in the TCU-Georgia game. Well, to me, it's it, TCU had the 57th ranked run defense in the country, even though it didn't look like that against Michigan, but they really sold out against the run against Michigan, and Michigan was able to hurt them with a deep pass. And, of course, Michigan had a touchdown that was a touchdown that would not end up being a touchdown, part of the – trouble that uh, you know it's so hard to officiate a college football game i realize that but you have instant replay to get it right michigan had a touchdown it was called back yes his knee hit the one yard line but he didn't have control of the football when he finally had control of the football his buddies and football was already in the end zone you know it was tcu did they deserve to be in this game they were they were the better team than michigan on that particular day if you're asking me the TCU is a top four team in the country, I'm not so sure. Uh, you, you know, I can name five teams off the top of my head that I think that can beat them, maybe even 10 on a given day. But that's for most teams in college football, but especially them. Um, I just I, I, I think this game is a mismatch in terms of personnel and in terms of matchups. I think the one chance TCU does have is on the deep ball. If Georgia's defense in the front seven is really good, but um, uh, the back end is where they're vulnerable, that's the strength of, of Texas Christian. They do throw the, the long ball every three or four plays, and they're going to do it against Georgia. Um, if they can get some semblance of a running game, and they're very capable of doing that, then maybe we have a matchup. But to me, Georgia's too strong on each side of the line of scrimmage, and I see this game a la Notre Dame and Alabama in the BCS championship game years ago. Yeah, my my uh, final thought on the game is is exactly what yours is. It's on the defensive line of UGA. Jalen Carter, subpar game against the Buckeyes. Really going to need him to turn that around, get after the quarterback, pressure, pressure Max Duggan, because if Duggan can run, we saw He's Georgia correct. is susceptible to the quarterback running, and you mentioned it, the deep pass. If Quentin Johnson can play in this game, he's a little banged up from the uh, Fiesta Bowl, but if he can play, it looks like he may be able to. If he can play, Ringo, Lassender, Starks, all these cornerbacks are going to have to lock down when they need a lockdown play. They did it against Tennessee. They've shown they can do it. That's my secondary key, and, and I'm leaning your way, Todd. I'm not going to give away my pick yet. Uh, I'll throw it to Wayne. Wayne, tell me why the Horn Frogs, man. What do they do? This? I think they do this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, what do the Horn Frogs do to win this game? You you picked them at the beginning of this thing. You're staying with them, obviously. How do they win this game? Well, I'm not going to go so much into how they could win the game, but here's some points for both teams. Uh, I don't think it is going to be good for either Georgia or TCU to play this back and forth trading touchdowns all the way to the end of the game, last person that scores wins. I don't think that's going to benefit either team. I think what each team's going to have to do is they're going to have to main, uh, get a lead early and maintain it throughout the game. Uh, 
I don't see either team being able to, you know, even though Georgia did come from behind pretty well against Ohio State, I don't see either one of these teams being a come-from-behind victor in this game. Oh, I do. I like like that. I'm sorry, TCU's came back all year long. I see that, and I can see that with Georgia. I mean, they have a big play explosive offense. Nobody talks about it but they can throw the football when necessary. And they threw it a lot against Ohio State, which really surprised me with that running game and that offensive line. I thought Georgia would establish the line of scrimmage much more trying to run the football. That did surprise me. I know it did you too, JJ. Yeah, no, uh, TCU was able to move the ball through the air and a little bit on the ground with Kendra Miller uh, against Michigan in that Fiesta Bowl. What an exciting game. Uh, best college football playoff semifinals we've had yet. Uh, so that was exciting for college football in itself. And Wayne, I'll piggyback on your point. I think time of possession is going to be huge. I think if Georgia runs the ball, wears them out, they will cover the spread. But I think if TCU is able to bust up a couple over the top of Ringo, Lassender, Starks, Christopher Smith in the background, and the, and the safety position back there, I, I think you're right. TCU may be able to sneak away. Uh, and, and cover the spread, maybe even win the game outright. Guys, any final thoughts on the college football playoff national championship? JJ, I want to say something, go back to what you said earlier about the seeding. It, it needs to be said. There never has a team lost its final game and not gotten penalized. TCU was never penalized for its loss. They stayed in the three slot against Kansas State. Now, I don't think it's fair, and this is another story for another day for sure, a team that doesn't play in a conference championship game has no risk at all to move up the slot. And someone who plays in a conference championship game has all the risk and move down a slot. And that's what happened between Ohio State and, and USC. And TCU should have moved down. I agree. Ohio State and Michigan should have been the first semifinal. TCU should have played Georgia. Could you imagine Ohio State and playing Michigan in the, in the semifinal? What the ratings would have been? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just not sure, as they said in a movie, we're going to be able to take all these boys home with us today. I mean, it, it would have been a, a mammoth physical battle to the end. And, I, you know, that's that's one thing I agree with you on earlier. I guess in terms of the final point of the game, I can't wait until we get a 16-team playoff. I think it's going to go to that instead of this four-team invitational. I agree. 16 is the way to go. Dave Cohen, voice of the Georgia State Panthers, has been begging for it, uh, for for lack of a better term right now. But I I agree. I think all 10 conference champions should get in, and you have six wild cards. That gives everybody a shot to play. That gives you the opportunity for the Cinderella run like you do in the NCAA basketball tournament. Granted, I don't think it will happen that often. But it gives you the ability. That's my final thought. Wayne, any quick final thoughts on the college football playoff, national championship, bowl season, anything? No, I've uh, enjoyed all the games I've watched, and I think I'm going to enjoy this last game as well. Yes, I will. You mentioned bowl season real quick. I think this is an important point. Unfortunately, due to the playoff, the uh, significance of these bowl games has really been – just smashed in terms, especially until we get to a certain point in the bowl season, the rest of the games now to the public and and the country, not to real college football fans are really meaningless. And I think that's very sad because it's not meaningless to those kids on the field, especially a team like Eastern Michigan who won its first bowl game since 1987 to a team and a coach like Chris Creighton, who's taken Eastern Michigan, the six bowls, it, it, granted, they've won one, but it's such an accomplishment for a school that almost lost college football before he came along, and they only had two in their history. So a lot of folks just awesome. don't understand that aspect of these bowl games, and they call them meaningless, which is wrong to the players and the coaches on the field. I agree with that. I think uh, bowl season, the last week and a half, stands were packed, TVs were watched, and uh, get rid of about 10 total bowl games, make it more interesting. Guys, let's move on to the NFL playoff scenarios. Uh, They're almost set. There are some teams that still can make it. Let's talk about how each team can get in, talk about the favorites to win it all. We'll start with the AFC. We'll go in ABC order here. Why not? We're smart here. 
We got the glasses on. AFC teams that are still alive in the playoff race. Got Jacksonville, Tennessee, Miami, and Pittsburgh. And uh, the scenarios are pretty even for, uh, are pr pretty easy for, for the AFC South title. Uh, the Jags win or tie versus the Titans. They're in. Titans win. They're in. So that's that seventh seed. Uh, it's one of the last seeds that we, we, the winner will host a playoff game. Um, let's see. Number one seed scenarios. Chiefs clinch with a, uh, any of the following. Uh, win versus the Bills. Um, or a win, excuse me, and a Bills loss. Or two Bills losses and the Bengals loss. Bills clinch with any of the following. Two wins. Uh, win at the Bengals plus a Chiefs loss. Or a win versus the Patriots and a Chiefs and Bengals loss in Week 18. Bengals clinch with any of the following two wins and a Chiefs loss. So a lot, lot still on the table. AFC North title still on the line as well. The Bengals clinch with a win versus the Ravens or a uh, win versus uh, or, or a win tie versus the Bills. And uh, number seven seed. This is where it gets crazy. Patriots can clinch with a win at the Bills or a Dolphins loss versus the Jets and Steelers loss versus the Browns and Jaguars win versus the Titans. You guys still with me? Yeah. <laughs> the Dolphins yeah, and eight. Sorry, sorry, my back is killing me along with my buttocks and I decided to get a pillow to, to, to enhance my chair here. I totally apologize. Hey, I caught everything. That's, that's totally fine. We're still going over the scenarios. Dolphins clinch. They're eight and eight with the win versus the Jets and a Patriots loss at the Bills. Steelers clinch with a win versus the Browns and a Dolphins loss versus the Jets and a Patriots loss versus the Bills. Again, we mentioned the Jaguars. They clinch with um, a loss versus the Titans and losses by Dolphins and Patriots and Steelers. So uh, lots can still happen in the AFC. Are you I am out of breath, as you can tell. There's there's a lot to go over there. Um, guys, let's talk about the AFC right quick. Um, you know, the Bills and the Bengals game is going to be huge if it's played, if it's postponed, into the ramifications of the one and two seeds. I, I don't know how to shake out the AFC right now. I still like the Bills, um, but the mentality of that team is going to have to be uh, compartmentalized. They're going to have to be real professional athletes here, as we all know what has happened. And uh, I, I think that team has a lot of heart and uh, that they could still win the Super Bowl. That city is due for one. I, I still like the Bills. And I tell you what, these Jacksonville Jaguars are pretty good. And if they get in the playoffs, Trevor Lawrence is playing good football, Travis Etienne, and Doug Peterson's been to a Super Bowl before and won it with the backup quarterback. So this guy can coach. This team is ready to play. They got great defense. And I wouldn't want to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. But uh, my still my two favorites, again, depending on seeding, going to be the Bengals and the Bills. But this Jacksonville Jaguars team, if they win on Sunday, which I do believe they will and they will get in, they will be a tough out because they'll have a home playoff game. Uh TC, your thoughts on the AFC, and oh, then we'll go to the NFC. I agree totally. Uh, Jacksonville, if they get in, they're going to be dangerous out. Two, I like Kansas City to start the year uh, to, to get to the Super Bowl because I think they have the best quarterback currently in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. But, I, gosh, it's, it's definitely between Kansas City, uh, uh, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, the Bengals, they were just in the Super Bowl last year. It's a three-way race. I'll stay with Kansas City because I picked them at the end of the year, but I wouldn't surprise me at all if any of those three teams make the Super Bowl. I will give you a shocking scenario. I think Pittsburgh gets in. They win against Cleveland. Buffalo beats New England. And the Jets beat Miami. Miami, we don't even know who's playing quarterback for them this week. And I can see the Steelers sneaking in like they did a year ago and my kids and wife jumping in glee. <laughs> we will see. Looks like Teddy Bridgewater will get the start this weekend. Looks like the finger injury won't hinder him from that. I was watching on Get Up uh, just moments before the show. Uh, let's go over the NFC scenarios. Are Wayne, do you have anything on the AFC real quick? Any comments? Um, I think you put them to play. <laughs> yeah, they uh... – the two teams that I like in the AFC going forward is uh, Buffalo and Kansas City, and we'll just have to see how that works out. It very well could come down to those two, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, guys, let me catch my breath. 
NFC scenarios, they're a little bit easier. Uh, number one seed, buy and home field advantage. Eagles clinch with any of the following, a win or a tie versus the Giants. A Cowboys loss or tie at the Commanders. Still got to get used to calling them that. 49ers loss, tie versus the Cardinals. 49ers clinched the number one seed with any of the following. A win versus the Cardinals plus an Eagles loss versus the Giants. And the Cowboys can still clinch a number one seed and win the division with a win at the Commanders plus an Eagles loss versus the Giants plus a 49ers loss or tie versus the Cardinals. The NFC East title, again, basically, uh, we'll go over it again, but it's the same thing. Eagles clinch with a win versus the Giants or a Cowboys loss at the Commanders. Cowboys 12-4 and four clinch with the win at the Commanders and obviously an Eagles loss versus the Giants. And the number seven seed, which is wild, that the Packers are still in this. And if I'm not mistaken, they started one and seven. And Aaron Rodgers has six. brought the Packers one and six. Thank you. Two and one six. six. And they're eight and eight, and they can clinch with a win versus the Lions. It's unbelievable the football that uh, the good football that Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, all the Aarons over there in Green Bay are doing. Um, Jair Alexander, the, the cornerback, has played a great role in that defense. Uh, Packers win versus Lions. They're in. Lions can still clinch. Lions 8-8 eight eight clinch with a Packers and a Seahawks loss or tie versus the Rams. Or tie versus the Packers and Seahawks loss versus the Rams. Or <laughs> a tie versus the Packers and a Rams-Seahawks tie and a Commanders win versus the Cowboys. Seahawks can still get in there. They're 8-8. Eight eight. They clinch with the win versus the Rams. And a Packers loss or tie versus the Lions, or a tie versus the Rams, and a Lions Packers tie, and a Commanders loss tie versus the Cowboys. You We're know, there. you could have just said with the last scenario Detroit wins, they're in with a Seahawk loss, Green Bay wins no matter what, and Seattle has to hope that Detroit beats Green Bay. That would have been so much simpler. Yeah, it would have been, but, you know, you I wanted to get technical. I wanted to get technical for our listeners so they just know the ramifications of Week 18 and how close the season's been. It's been a great NFL season, and my favorites in the NFC moving forward, man, I, I, I do. I like the Vikings. I think they've won a lot of close games. I think Kirk Cousins playing pretty well. Uh, Jefferson on the outside. The addition of Hawkinson has been huge. Dalvin Cook can run the ball. they got a pretty good defense. I like the Vikings in the NFC, and tell you what, if these Packers get in, I, it's the same way with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they would be a nightmare matchup for anybody because Aaron Rodgers in December and in January is pretty good. Um, and I believe they won their Super Bowl as a wild card back in the day. So he, he can do it, discount double check, watch out, and if the Packers get in, they are one of my favorites to win the Super Bowl just because of Aaron Rodgers, and he's a bad, bad man. Give me San Francisco or Philadelphia. I like San Francisco. Uh, they can take their running game, and they can and they can stop the run. They have an elite offensive line, an elite defensive line, an elite running back, an elite wide receiver, an elite tight end. Now, they do have a uh, – Brock Purdy is a rookie, a seventh-round draft choice, the last, uh, last pick in the NFL draft. But it reminds me so much of Tom Brady. He doesn't make many mistakes. The play-action pass, he makes great decisions with the football. This, to me, is a dangerous team, and I think the toughest out. Now, Philadelphia can hang on and get home field. Uh, I could see it between Philadelphia and, and, and San Francisco for the right to go to the Super Bowl. I am a Lions fan, so I'm going to say it right now. This is Detroit Super Bowl. They're going to go in and beat the Green Bay Packers no matter what happens. Oops, I gave that away on uh, on Sunday night football because Detroit's playing this like it is their playoff game, If even if Seattle wins. And I can't wait to see the Lions beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field and take away everything you just said about discount double check. Wayne, your two favorites in the NFC, my friend. Uh, I like Dallas and Minnesota. Dallas I like and Dallas, too. they got a great defense. Micah Parsons gets after the quarterback. The strip sacks are real. And uh, I I'm questioning on Jalen Hurts' shoulder, man. That that's a tough injury to your throwing shoulder. 
It's very tough to play through that and play effectively. And he was moving the ball down the field with not only his legs, his arms, and the running backs they have there in Philadelphia. It's going to be a great NFL postseason. I'm excited. Uh, we're running out of time. Let's go ahead, guys. Let's get to the pick six, and I'll give you guys final thoughts on the NFL uh, playoff scenarios. Todd, any final thoughts? Well, I was going to say Dallas and Minnesota played one of the most memorable playoff games in um, in NFL history back in the 1970s when they came up with the term the Hail Mary, Roger Stallback and Drew Pearson, who I've had on this program before. Yeah, I've had on the show. Summer, Hall of Famer now. He got in. Yes, he, he, you know, in the summer of 2020, I did have him on ATL Prime Sports as a guest in that play, uh, the Hail Mary against Minnesota in Old Metropolitan Stadium uh, in, in, in Bloomington, Minnesota, and, and Flint, Michigan, my hometown, where, where I'm originally from. Paul Krause was born there, who happened to be in on that play, just slightly away from the football. Paul Krause has the most interceptions in NFL history, a record that still stands today. And you want to know something about Paul Krause very quickly? You can go online. You could have watched a Minnesota Viking game with him in his garage. And he's got an old, listen to this, Wayne, an old Minnesota Vikings classic car. You can go to his Twitter yeah. account, check it out. And you can watch the game with him pregame and postgame in his garage. I think it's a, a small fee and he would have food and drink and everything with you. And also you can go to his website and still, I know I'm advertising for him. I swear I am. You can advertise. You can also get a signed Jersey from him. A lot of the old time players are doing that now where you can go to their website and get a signed Jersey from them for a fee. It's just an incredible story. What Paul Krause is. Let's move on to the pick six through 89 games. Wayne has a two-game lead over TC, a one-game lead over myself at 40, 44, and 5. So obviously, we only got five games in last week. So that is the, the odd oddball there. Uh, let's go with the college football playoff national championship. TCU number three, 13 and 1, versus number one, Georgia, 14 and 0. Georgia, we're going with Wednesday spreads, by the way. UGA, a 12.5-point favorite there. Over-under was 62.5. It is at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, Monday, January 9th at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. We'll go uh, Wayne, TC, myself on this one. Why not? All right. Well, I'm I'm taking uh, TCU and the points on this one, but um, I'm wondering uh... – if the people in California are even going to be interested enough in this game, uh, there'll probably be a lot of outer towners in this game. Well, there will be. They're all going to be coming from the southeast and southwest. That's for sure. You're going to get local folks in the game. I've already stated it. Georgia big. Georgia big for me as well. I think they uh, they will cover the spread. I think they'll they'll get their act back together on the defensive side of the ball. I think they'll prepare well for. Johnson, Duggan, and Miller, I think they uh, will win this game by around 17 points. I do think it'll be close for about a half. Uh, that's our last college football game of the year. What a great season. Let's go to the NFL. Titans, Jaguars, Titans 7-9, Jaguars 8-8, eight eight. battle for the AFC South. Uh, Jacksonville, six-point favorites, over-under, and that one's 40. It's Saturday night, 8-15 on ESPN and ABC. I'll go first in this one. I said the Jags could get in, and I'm going with the Jags. I think the Jags cover the six-point spread. Um, right now, Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback that can uh, effectively move the ball down the field. They're going to start Josh Dobbs again. Not that he's a bad quarterback, but he is inexperienced and in a playoff-type scenario. I'm going with Trevor Etienne and Doug Peterson. I like the Jags to cover. Where's that game at? It is in – excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't even say it. Uh, it is uh, in Jacksonville. Wow, six points is a lot. Give me Tennessee in a playoff scenario. In the NFL, they're just too close. Yeah, well, I'm picking the uh, Jaguars to cover on this one because they're playing at home, and uh, I feel like they've got a little bit more uh, drive to win this game. Mike Vrabel's coached in the playoffs, too. This is a, This should be a good matchup. If you would have said four or three, I would have gone Jacksonville, but six, I'll take the Jack. I'll take Tennessee. 
I like the it. Panthers six and ten at Saints seven and nine. This could have been a playoff indicator if uh, some things didn't happen last week, but the Saints were eliminated. New Orleans a three and a half point home favorite over under this one's forty one and a half. Sunday one p.m. on Fox. I'll go with this one. Uh, you know the Panthers played very well down the end of the stretch. This is uh, Sam Darnold getting film on paper. I, I have a feeling he's going to play well and end the season well. I'll take the Panthers and the points here. Where's the game at? The game is in New Orleans. And how many did you say it was? I'm sorry. It was New Orleans minus three and a half. The Saints minus three and a half? That's yep. interesting. Uh, so the Saints. Um, Saints so are favorite by three and a half. Saints are favorite by three and a half, and it's in New Orleans. Last game of the season. I know, I know why you picked this, you AFC or NFC South Homer, but um uh gosh, you know I'm just messing with you. Um <laughs> well, this is a hard game to pick. That's probably why you did it. Um, it is. That's, that's exactly why I did it. It's a very I'll, interesting I'll, game. I'll, to I'll pick. take it because of the quarterback position and Sam Darnold, who really has rejuvenated his career under Steve Wilkes. And that's an interesting situation at Carolina because they've already had a phone call with Guess who? Guess who? I'll tell you, Jim Harbaugh. And I'll tell you right now, Jim Harbaugh is not going to be at Michigan next year. He's going to be coaching somewhere in the NFL. Last season, he was offered the Vikings job. He had a relationship with the Vikings GM, a prior one in San Francisco, and the owner stopped it. Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to pause everybody. We got a DeMar Hamlin update. This is breaking news from the NFL right here. Bills announced DeMar Hamlin has shown remarkable improvement and appears to be neurologically intact. Prayers answered. Wow. That's huge. It is. That is huge. And, that's and really huge. That's, you know, that's that, that's great news. Of course, we got to find out other things, but that, other that's. Things, but that is huge. Uh, that's just the headline, folks. I yep. should tell I'm emotional. I played football and. Uh, that was a scary hit. Wayne, go ahead and get your pick six, buddy. Uh, Panthers or Saints? Uh, I'll take the Saints to cover. Saints at home, Saints to cover. I like it. I like it. Wow, that's really good news. I'm very happy. Um, wow, that is awesome. Uh, TC, your game. Lions, 8-8. Eight and eight. At Packers, Lambeau Field, 8-8. Eight and eight. Playoff spot possibly on the line, depending on the Seattle game Saturday. Green Bay's four-and-a-half-point home favorites. The over-under in that one's 49. Sunday night football on NBC. Uh, Wayne, why don't you go first this time? All right. I'm taking the Lions and the points uh, strictly because I do not like the Packers. <laughs> TC. Well, you got it's four-and-a-half, correct? It is minus four and a half in favor of Green Bay. I think you're, you 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 precursed it. You're saying yeah, you're taking the Lions and the points, correct? Right. Detroit is going not only they don't need the points; they're going to win this game. And and and, and it, this is Detroit's playoff game without a doubt. Aaron Rodgers has bad bad mouthed the Lions over the years, and uh, Houston and company and Hutchinson are going to sack him a lot on Sunday Night Football. These are two rookies that have played fabulous this season for Detroit. They also have a rookie uh, safety in Oliver. So a young defense that is getting better. It does have a weakness in stopping the run, although and, and we'll see if that definitely has an impact on the game. But I'll take Detroit in the points. The homer pick. I'm going with what I said is one of my favorites in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I think he's uh, going to get everybody involved. And I think you'll see uh, – Lazard, Aaron Jones, this team worked together as one, and I think they'll get in the playoffs with a touchdown victory at home over the Detroit Lions. Wayne, I told you we're sprinkling it in. Here comes some NCAA men's basketball, folks. I have no clue what I'm talking about. I yeah. will preface that. Number one, Purdue, 13-1 and one at number 24, Ohio State, 10-3. and three. Ohio State's a one-and-a-half-point favorite over-under, and this one's 141. That is Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m. on Fox Sports 1. I'm going to go last year because I have no clue. So, T.C., Wayne, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, I'm taking Purdue in this one, and I don't know what's going on with the uh, Vegas folks. Uh, they must be trying to gaslight the Ohio State fans or something by 
you know, given the advantage in this, but uh, I'll take Purdue in the points any day. Well, Purdue, they were the number one team. They won't be when the seedings come out next. They got upset uh, by Rutgers, and you know what? They're going to lose again. I like Ohio State at home. This rug, rugged and rough conference, it's, it's, it's different than other conferences. It's the most physical conference in the country. Purdue is a physical team, no doubt about it. So is Ohio State. I like the Buckeyes at home. You know, home court means a lot in the Big Ten in college basketball, uh, and I like the Buckeyes at home. Purdue. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's who I'm going. Purdue in the points. And this one's for Wayne, our producer, East Carolina, 10-5 and five at FedEx Forum and the Memphis Tigers at 11-4. and four. This game didn't have a spread when we picked it, so we're going to call it an even game. Uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Wayne, uh, you're taking your Tigers in the points? The, uh, well, are, are you taking points. the Tigers straight up? I'm taking Tigers straight up, and in fact, um, if they actually aim the cameras high enough, uh, you'll see me in uh, Section 219, Row A. So look for me if uh, they point the cameras way up there in the dark section. <laughs> We'll, we'll look for you. TC, who you got in this one? I think we're all going to take the Tigers. Well, I, I got to pick Memphis. Wayne sent me and you a Memphis hat in the mail for Christmas. I really appreciate that. There's no way, Wayne, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, and there's no way I'm picking against Memphis in this circumstance. Um, I do want to pick a bonus game. We're all going to pick it. It's not going to count because you should have put this game on and you already know what game I'm going to talk about. Pick this one first. Well, I got the Tigers, and we'll do Michigan, Michigan State for you. Uh, I got to go with uh, Izzo and the Spartans. Uh, where's the game being played? I have no clue. Is it in Lansing or in Ann Arbor? It's in East Lansing. Oh, give me Izzo. Wayne, who do you got? I-Z-Z-O. I'm going with the state <laughs> on this one. I'm going with Michigan State, too. I don't even know what the spread is and don't care. We're picking it for fun. Uh, I like Michigan State to win this one in a rough, rugged, physical game. And as you guys know, this rivalry has really turned for the worse since 2006, since the Mike Hart little brother comment. And, and of course, D'Antonio and Harbaugh, they didn't like each other. D'Antonio didn't like the previous coach, Rich Rodriguez, nor did he like Brady Hoke. And, of course, it spilled on to the basketball rivalry. Of course, it was a pretty good, friendly rivalry there between Izzo and Beeline. Izzo said, I, I can't stand Michigan, but I love John. He's a great person, so I have respect for the program. Well, now Juwan Howard is the head coach. Juwan played on the Fab Five. Izzo coached against them. This is how long ago Izzo's been in the game. And I can see the hatred for the rivalry at all-time high. And it doesn't matter what two sports these teams play it has gotten really ugly and unfortunately not only because it, it, it the media really honestly fuels it and the coaches help fuel it I don't think from a fan standpoint it's as bad because you know there's a lot of friends that are Michigan Michigan State folks like Georgia Georgia Tech here and things like that but if the media would stop fueling it I think it may help well, it, it, the big question I've got on this particular game is, after mm -hmm. the game, regardless of who wins, are they going to have an amicable handshake after the game like they're supposed to? Yes, I think so. I do. I think I that's think they will. Tom Izzo would shake hands with air. He's already <laughs> he already said, what are we going to do? Stop shaking hands. I'm going to go like this. I'm going to go like this. No. Izzo will shake hands with air or whoever walks down that uh, far uh, far side of the court. Guys, that wraps up our show. My final thought for the evening is thank you, dear Lord, for answering our prayers, and DeMar Hamlin is improving. That is absolutely awesome and mesmerizing, and I hope he has a full recovery. I second that. Uh, no question. It is good news, and and hopefully he'll continue to progress, and we'll find out better information as they go. You know, JJ, this is for you. You know, Chris Hatcher, the current coach at, at Samford, who Georgia played in a non-conference yep. game year, you know, his connect, he has a lot of connections in this game. You know, uh, he hired Smart and Muschap on his first staff when he's the head at coach. Valdosta State, State, right? In 2000, correct. And Muschamp was the D.C. Smart was the secondary coach. And also, 
Hatcher lived with Sonny Dykes for three years. Hatcher and Dykes, they were on Hail Mummy's first Kentucky staff um, uh, not long ago. So there are some connections. Uh, Dykes and, and Smart do have a relationship, and they'll be playing for the national championship on Monday night. Did not know that. Good good information there, TC. Uh, Thank Wayne, you. Final thought on the show, buddy. I did it for you. I, I, I'm definitely thankful that uh, Jamar uh, has improved and that we're moving forward with this in a positive way. Uh, and uh, let's pray for the rest of the uh, football players out there as well. Uh, you know, right. we cannot have any more injuries like this because it's a uh, been a stressful and emotional thing for us to have to go through, and I can't imagine what it's like for his family. I can't uh, either. I, uh, well said, Wayne. Well hey, said. Jay, and one more thing. Hopefully, they'll have some protection, like David said, for the heart area. And not only is it like this in football, which it, it's rarer in football than it is in Little League Baseball and other sports. Hopefully, they'll come up with extra protection because they do have a heart guard now. Uh, but they need to come up with something even better, and I can see that coming in the near future. I can see that coming down the barrel as well. Guys, that's been a great show for Wayne in Memphis, for Todd on the other side of Atlanta. I'm J.J. Jurjevich. This has been ATL Prime Sports. If you like us, give us a subscribe, give us a like, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, Twitter, at ATL Prime Sports. Get you one of these. We'll see you next week.